Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Carl Radke's butt on Instagram today. <laughs> I didn't do it. Okay. No one cannot get past past the juicy no, butt. No, it was. So I've been secretly telling myself, because I have a no whites after Trump rule. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, has altered the world in a way I can't risk it. But every so often I would see Carl's butt this season. I'd be like, Carl's getting a little quick in me. Carl's getting a little quick. And then Lindsay showed us, yes, the fuck he is getting a little quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You might have to make an, a pandemic exception with Carl. I know. Do you understand? He probably gets so much ass, though. He's probably so nasty. He's probably so dirty. Like, yeah. You will have to get hopped up on antibiotics before you yeah, exactly. but <laughs> He probably has everything. He probably has everything. <laughs> Carl definitely feels like somebody who, at least before Carl was sober, sober he definitely would be drunk and forget a condom. Or oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Do you think Carl's good in bed? Yes. Okay. The, the, the third testicle? Yes. Yeah, he has like a, an extra testicle, right? We forgot about that. I did not. I did not what forget if, about it. What if his juicy butt isn't a butt? That's just his third testicle. <laughs> bed because to be the fuck boy type that he is you have to be good in bed for it to like work mm. you know, mm-hmm. Carl isn't like Luke beautiful Carl is like regular mm-hmm. guy who happens to be tall and that's what makes him look good so if he's gonna be terroristically bad to women <laughs> it's just okay. Yeah. He's got to have something else. Terroristically bad to women. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. He, right. was like, he was off the charts crazy. Like, I think about Carl, even with Jules last year, and I'm like, wait a second. We all, <laughs> we all forgot. How dare he yell at Luke? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He kissed Jules, and then the next day he kissed Danielle, and it was yeah. not discussed. It was No, and it was so wrong. It was wrong. I know. But he has grown, guys. He's grown. He's grown. His ass ass is grown. Yes. Yo, like I, one, I think it's that he's sober. Two, we've talked about this before on the podcast. But two, it's that he's showing how clean he is. And I think that in the pandemic, we've really, really been drawn to cleanliness. So I Uh feel like it's a lot of that. It's the beard. It's the working out in the morning. It's the beard. It's the it's the beard and the house dad thing because I think yes. 
I'm leaning into 33. Like I just turned 33 in December. Like I'm yeah. leaning into my 30s. Like because before that, I was like chasing my youth, you know? Yeah. Like oh, mm-hmm. I'm 20, but no, I'm a 30 something. And <laughs> Carl is doing things that now that I'm a 30 something is sexy to me, like cleaning the house and like, you know, making sure everybody's fed, you know? Yes. Like, all I want is a man to ask me if I'm hungry. That's all I want. <laughs> You know, I know. I love that he's like, food's here and it's going to get cold. So I just want, I know you guys are in a fight, but like you have to eat. And I'm like, you care about my blood sugar. Thank you. It makes you go, okay, if I reproduced with you and I had to go somewhere, my kid wouldn't be in danger if I weren't around. Yeah. Between Kyle explaining manners, making sure the house is clean, and Carl feeding everybody they are the they are the parents they are the yeah, these are like grown men they're the parents of the house you know, the dad of the house. although isn't it kyle thinks he's the dad but carl's really the dad yeah yeah for sure yeah. for sure all right so hi ray everybody hi. who's listening Hello. hi thanks for joining us we're so excited to have ray sonia in the I'm podcast i'm so happy to be here you guys make me laugh so much i had a blast oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We're, we're honored to have you on. Okay, so Ray, we're going to talk today about all the Housewives shows that have been on this week, Atlanta, okay. Dallas, and New Jersey. You do this amazing podcast called The Cast yeah. with your co-host, Jackie Sneal. I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. For real, thank you. I love it so much because I did not realize how much reality TV I had consumed in my 35 years mm-hmm. on Earth. So I'm like, oh shit, I've been watching reality TV for a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because I used to be embarrassed and I still low-key embarrassed. Maybe I'm somewhat embarrassed about how much and how invested in reality TV I am. But I realized that part of my obsession with the genres that I grew up with it and it like it's about the same age as I am yeah and so it's like you know even I was having anxiety <laughs> about watching the challenge this season because it's like oh like something feels tense right and then I just cracked it yesterday and it was like oh because I grew up with Wes and Johnny and CT and they're gonna leave soon and that means yeah. I'm for real for real a grown-up and that was like <laughs> That like stressed me out, you know, and it was like, and it was just like, I was like, why did this thing that used to bring me such joy? Like, is why is it stressing me out? So anyway, all that's to say is like, I love the genre so much and I know how impactful on my life it is. And I just hope that everybody else can admit it's that impactful and talk obsessively about it with me, like Jackie's and and I do on the, on the podcast. It's fun. So I listened to a couple of episodes and I realized how much reality TV that I've missed. It was so hilarious, but I have missed some really, really good stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing down. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the show that I have to go back to this particular scene and look Mm -hmm. it up. You know, watch it with the perspective of having watched Bravo now. Go back to those shows and watch those initial reality shows again with the perspective that we have now. At that time, it wasn't even a genre. You wouldn't call it a genre. Now you're calling it a genre. Yeah, there's a different. They split the Emmy. They have a competition reality show and then they have I think 
everything else. And what's crazy to me is like, we recently taped an episode with a clip from The Bachelor. Like mm-hmm. you, I, we're not a Bachelor household. I didn't watch it, don't like it much, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like when I see people talking about The Bachelor, it feels like you've missed so much. And like, and it's a weird sickness because now I want to go and ravage every minute of this show. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're perfectly fine to have never seen it. But like, I totally get that. It's, and it also feels like because like reality TV gets talked about in a more gossipy kind of way. And so the mm-hmm. conversations and the community you build around it is more impactful, I would say. And so it yeah. feels like you're left out for real if you aren't talking about the same mm-hmm. fight that everybody else is talking about. Well, it's kind of, yes. you kind of feel like everybody knows that person and I don't know yes, that person. Yes, exactly. You know, There's you kind of feel right. left out. Yeah. The second episode, which you guys did about the Survivor speech by Sue, yeah. Tapioca Sue, I like, I had to pause and text my brother about it because I was like, dude, do you fucking remember this? This is so crazy. I sent the link to him. I was like, you got to listen to this podcast. Like, like it almost felt, it's so corny, but I felt like I ran into an old friend from like middle school, mm-hmm. like listening exactly. to the podcast because I was like, holy shit, I remember this moment so clearly. Yeah. It is, it is such an excellent podcast. Oh, Everybody should so go much. listen to it. I appreciate it. that. That's so kind of you. Guys, I didn't even know she was going to help plug us like that. You, yeah. look at this. That's a good plug. That's a good friend. Yeah. Yes, if anybody else who has a charting podcast wants to be on our podcast, for sure, I will plug the shit out of you. But I have a, I have an assignment for you today Okay, because we're going to talk about all the housewives. So what I want you to do is to tell me, Ray, do you think anybody that we're going to talk about who's currently on TV on Bravo is worthy enough to be in the greatest reality TV cast? of all time. Now you and Jackie's have done some building so far. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Tiffany Pollard, Johnny Bananas house could have some of these people, but maybe we could separate it, whatever you want to do. But just tell me what, if you think they're even worthy enough to discuss, because there's some amazing people on TV right now in yeah. Bravo. And there's some people that are on that. I'm like, who hired? Yeah. <laughs> Why are yeah. you here? I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, let's talk about Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> because I know you've got some thoughts about Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> I, on Atlanta. I have thoughts about Atlanta, okay? <laughs> Let me just disclaim this for uh, you guys' audience right now. I'm a Kenya Moore stan. So <laughs> if you don't like Kenya and it will infuriate you how I celebrate her, and I know it will because people have lost their minds at me for it. Um, please dip out because that's my bitch. Mm. And I'm going to ride. I call her out though. I do call her out. Yeah. But I'm always going to find an angle in which she's okay or correct and uh, just fair warning. And I will drag Drew mercilessly and that's just what it's going to be today. <laughs> yeah, I, I was... Uh, she, and she totally did. Yeah. Yeah. What so, a fucking go. weirdo! <laughs> yeah, she's a fucking weirdo. But she also, is a fucking weirdo. Can I get credit for calling her? And you No, know, you did. I did yeah, call her did. in yes, South yes, Carolina. You did. I did. On that podcast, <laughs> I said, why is she so obsessed with who the girls are friends with? Is she controlling? Because her man is controlling. I asked all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> You did that analysis real good. Yeah. I was watching that episode and I was like, oh my God, this is the perfect episode to have Ray on. Kenya did nothing wrong. Not much. Kenya was perfect. And Drew was horrible. horrible. I was like, 
like, this is Ray's comeback only, episode. No, don't don't minimize my boo like that. Kenya was fucking funny that episode. She was. She and Latoya yeah. were very funny. I don't want to give Latoya credit for much, but Latoya and her were really funny this episode. And yeah, um, and I loved how they weren't having it. I loved how yeah. they weren't having it, and so it was really great because yeah. I got to enjoy Kenya for a long time, and I didn't have to watch my babe get into a real argument with somebody because everybody shut Drew down. It was lovely. Yeah, it didn't have yes. to be the villain this episode, and I liked. That. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of times, Kenya is actually making a great point. She's, She's just not arguing wrong. wrong. The same reason I love Katie Maloney. They got a point. They just be arguing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you Katie, really Katie me. speaks the truth. Yeah, you yeah. really helped me come around on Katie Maloney. Yes, yeah, she's dope. You know. She's so cute. She's just she just gets rightly angry, too angry, and then loses it. But she's yes, she's, she's, exactly. she's yeah. the only person with sense on that fucking cast. Swear to God. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. That's true. So with Kenya, also like I feel like she always does make a great point. She gets too emotional. She comes in too hot. Mm-hmm. She, she comes brings in too a marching hot. band yeah. along with her, and it doesn't make. <laughs> like Kenya, you're doing too much. You're doing she is too, doing much. too much. But but she came on the show doing too much. I mean, Gone with the Wind, fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, if I didn't fall in love with her, I would be making fun of her constantly. You know, but she just yeah. did so well yeah. at that first reunion. I was like, oh, this is my bitch forever. Like, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She deserved all of the dragons that she got. She yeah. deserves mm-hmm. a good chunk of them, I feel. And the other thing is, you have to notice, she actually has real friendships with these people. Yeah, so this notion that everyone hates Kenya is nonsense. The only people who hate Kenya are Portia and Nini. Actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, Portia and Nini are the two people that really enjoy being on top on the show. And yeah. now and we there we it. have it. There and now go. we've said it. And that's why. No, because, because there was a thing that's happened happening off camera and it's frustrating because it's happening off camera but there's a whole like stuff and and I feel like Portia handled it off camera because she's uh-huh. preserving an image on camera and it's just Correct. speaking to my overall kind of not frustration with reality TV I'll never stop watching but I'm starting to tire of the interference social media has with shows mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and I think Drew did all of this for social media to be honest she, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. she wanted Twitter to say yes Drew drag Kenya she was dragging your wig you know shit like that and I feel like we're at a place where we could just assume that everybody who steps onto a reality show from here on out has an idea of what their character is going to be and how they're going to market themselves throughout. We're never going to meet new people authentically again. And I'm so sad about that because even with people like Nini or even New York or somebody like Luann or Sonia even, the magic for me and some of those people and somebody like Kenya even too is like it's never not been a manipulated producer massaged format. But part of falling in love with people on reality TV is that they figure out how to be likable or charismatic regardless of the manipulations and stuff. And so like even Nini, Mm -hmm. it was clear to me in the first couple of episodes of the first season of Atlanta that they had in the production thought Sheree and Kim were going to be the stars. Yeah, And Nini managed to be the star organically around that. We're never Mm going to have some organic emergence like that ever again because everybody's coming on to shows thinking this is who I'm going to be. And so Drew comes on thinking she's going to be mini Phaedra. She's like, Mm -hmm. I'm a church girl. I do this, this, this. 
my marriage is perfect, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, well, what is this presentation for? Who is it for? Drew, be yourself. Just be your fucking self. Yeah. Also, her husband is a psychopath. He's crazy. He's, he's yeah. terrifying. He's a uh, terrifying. Yeah. Fuck that meeting, by the way. Are we going to go in oh, order? Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're not. Okay, okay so good, on this good, episode, Cynthia throws a Friendsmas party. Kenya continues to have issues with Mark, and Drew solidifies her place as the goddamn worst. All right, now that we can talk about. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I always jump in. On no, it's oh, fine. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> so Drew, this she has this meeting a couple weeks ago when she brought this thing up with her sweet son <laughs> of old dad coming into their life. Why the fuck are we calling him old dad? Can you can you believe it? I. Listen, like if why? You, like you're undermining him before he shows up. Old dad, yes. why do you yeah. have an old dad? Because a new one is here. So then you're already instilling in that kid. There's no need for this investment because something better mm-hmm. has arrived. So like, yes. you yeah. are inherently undermining that kid, uh, undermining that it- relationship, and to put a fucking first meeting after an estrangement yeah. on television. Oh, fuck Mm -mm. you. Mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) And she keeps putting the onus on the kid and keeps asking him questions. Yes, don't ask. Wanting him. Yeah, pushing him to answer. He already gave you the answer. You didn't like it. So stop pushing some more. He told you, I don't want to talk to that man. I have my own probably unfounded suspicions about how strongly he feels. Not that a Mm nine-year-old can't feel strongly about their estranged father, but just the things like old daddy make me think his distaste for his father is not his alone you know like this. yes there might have been some talking yeah so like for him to have this like not great relationship then you see a a camera opportunity to force this conversation when the boy tells you he doesn't want it you get your husband to help bully him into meeting this guy and then now Mm -hmm. you're picking at him when he don't give a fuck there's nothing there's no way that little boy was gonna go into the meeting feeling good about any of it he didn't want to be there on camera he had articulated himself and been dismissed and overruled like come on there was this smugness to Drew at the right. meeting that really drove me bananas. It was like the longer they had to wait, the more late yeah, she was. So, was. Yeah, she was so glad to be right about him. Oh, I hated it so much. It was like at what cost? Like, look at your kid. Yeah. Look at your kid. This is this is that. going to traumatize him and you have now put this in to forever because it's on TV and it's memorialized yes. on TV. Yes. And this kid is gonna fucking hate it. That was the thing that astonished me and like I know that if he's just getting out of jail or whatever, he's he probably needs a check. He probably doesn't want to turn down opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. And he probably doesn't want to piss her off, maybe child support situation. I don't know. But there are all the reasons yeah. for why somebody in his position won't say no to something like that. But there's not any reason for Drew to insist that this happen on camera. And it's not a situation where Candy, you know, with Riley, did not want Riley to go, but let mm-hmm. Riley make that decision. And when Riley went, and Riley was ready for it. And she said, you don't have to go if you don't want to. But if you want to go, I'll make it happen. And it was still awkward to put it on TV. Yeah, it was still awkward. But it was at least she gave the choice. And she waited many years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the first time she brought it up. Yeah, because if you've got to give nicknames to your bio father, like old daddy, maybe the kid is too young to meet him like that in mm-hmm. this scenario. Yeah, right. Yeah. If it was about the child meeting with the father and Drew was the one pushing him to have 
have a relationship. And if that was her intention, she would have had that happen off camera with just the two of them. So the boy actually gets to know his father. Intimately connect with him. Exactly. Why did you bring Ralph? Why did you bring the replacement daddy to the meeting with the old daddy? That's you. She's so controlling. I would bet she doesn't want the boy. She's manipulative. Yes. She does not want the boy and the father to really connect, but she got to look like she want them to connect. That's what I feel. Yes. I don't get a genuine thing off of Drew. I feel like she collects people who are down and out so that she can feel superior. Like, because mm-hmm. I can't think of any other reason that you would be throwing Latoya's worst moments in her face like that. Yes. Like it's you're this you're the judgy church girl who likes to feel better than everybody mm-hmm. else. It sucks. It's so whack. Mm-hmm. It sucks. The other thing that drives me crazy about Drew, and this is just coming from like a reality TV show watcher is I need to slowly get to know your family yeah, don't before you start throwing <laughs> this yeah. shit at me. She came in with problematic husband, absent baby daddy. Mom lives with us. Mom's a pastor. Mom yeah. lives with us. Kid. Plus, yeah. Pastor Lot. It's, <laughs> it's like all this stuff and it was like too much. It's the same thing I hated about. Bad wig. Bad wig. <laughs> it was like a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you get to learn about somebody over maybe two seasons, mm-hmm. three seasons. But mm-hmm. it's the same reason why I don't like Jen Shaw because Jen Shaw came in so hot and now right. she is potentially going to go to prison. Now, I don't have any sympathy for you. Prison. She ain't potential nothing. That is a prison yeah. bound woman. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not so long, but she's going. She's going. She's going. (laughs) But like, I can't dedicate time to this because I never got to know you. Even Mm -hmm. Erica Jane, I'll even give her, like, she at least has spent some time on TV. She came in hot, but in a different way. So like- In a different way, yeah. She was, because fortunately she lost her mind because her husband thinks Lisa Vanderpump was smart and then focused her attention on Lisa. (laughs) But like- Like, that's why Erica Jane, like, was likable to some people. Like, but she also came in, like, doing too much. I have a glam squad. My husband buys me this. Yeah. But in the same way, it's like, at least we've had time with Erica to at least develop some sort of feeling about whether or not she, whatever the situation is with her husband and all of the bullshit that they've been doing. Can it's you like believe gen- it though? Sorry to I mean, I can. It. No, like, I can believe honestly, it. Honestly, I can't. Because <laughs> truly, if the reason this is astonishing to me is he's famous for the Aaron Brockovich case. It's like, yeah. if I were known for like, like I was world renowned for being this like ethical lawyer, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> This, this lawyer that cares about like human beings and now in my twilight age I'm pretending to have amnesia because I stole from widows like what <laughs> that wasn't the trajectory I would have written for him you know what I mean right but then I realized that it seems more to me when I started to read a little more about him in that like New York Times uh, LA Times expose it seems to yeah. me that he was a, a mediocre lawyer that lucked up on one case and suddenly yes. couldn't win enough to afford the lifestyle yes. he wanted. That's what it right. seemed like yes. eventually. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew that that was sort of a crumbling empire because her house literally was a crumbling house. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? I, I could tell just based on how thirsty Erica was for the Beverly Hills paycheck mm-hmm. that like things were not actually as glamorous as she has made it out to be. Yeah. But like going back to Drew, I just have not had enough time to care about you for you to be bringing these seriously heavy topics on camera. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even think the other ladies have had enough time to. And it's really obvious because 
even though Portia is probably her only ally at this Friendsmas party, even Portia is looking Not at her, her like, like, what girl, are stop. you doing? Yeah. So what, what I really liked about that was towards the end, finally, for the season, for the first time, finally, Candy started speaking up. Because <laughs> I, I so here's the deal. So this entire season, Candy has been acting producer, right? She's brought in Bolo. She's oh, been, she's been whoa, good whoa, get whoa. acting producer oh, for some, that entire season. Got, oh, and I was oh. worried. Why isn't Candy taking a stance one way or the other? She was always in the middle. If I brought Bolo into the situation, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I could see why she wouldn't want to say anything either way. Where it's, yeah. like, it's like, well, I don't want it to look like I brought Bolo in to make my castmates look bad. But then yeah. also, yeah, I don't want to like make Kenya feel like I'm not a good friend to her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to get into this fight. And I think weirdly in their minds, this is just my theory. I don't have evidence. I think Candy and Portia have an understanding where they're not going to beef directly with each other. Because mm-hmm. I think if I were Candy, Rape Gate would still be on my mind. Yes, and absolutely. And I think that it's bogus to pretend that that's not there because there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's like a chilly kind of coldness between them. But you you see Candy and Portia's both their effort to be cordial. And I think it probably takes more effort on Candy's part because she was the injured party. And so mm-hmm. I feel like Candy probably feels a lot of things that she's unwilling to say on camera because she doesn't want viewers or maybe production or whatever to refocus on Rapegate again. So she's not mm-hmm. going to direct anger at Portia. Mm-hmm. And I get so it. Smart. I get it. Yeah, because why, why would she? I beef on camera ever again? I am Candy of The Escape. I also was on Celebrity Big Brother. Like, why? Why would I do that? Yeah. And then two, yeah. like, every time I argue with Portia, people are going to bring up season nine. So let yeah. me just never argue with her so no one thinks about the fact that I was accused, me and my husband, of wanting to rape my co-worker. I don't think people right. understand the magnitude yes. of that accusation. Like, I see all the time, bring Phaedra back. For fucking I know. what? You know, <laughs> this bitch yeah. accused me of trying to rape and drug this girl. Never want to see her again. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. I can't believe yeah. people want her back. And Phaedra wasn't funny enough to be like, yeah, she can accuse people of wanting to rape people because we need her jokes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. So, th- I think this is the first time there's a fight that Candy can actually speak to though. Mm-hmm. Because the rest of it was Bolo related. This is the fight that she can actually take a mm-hmm. stance on. So I was glad to have that happen. And I was glad to see Candy. I was hoping that Candy would drag uh, Drew even more than she they showed her doing it. Yeah, Drew is a fucking misogynist. She's okay. a really bad one too. She is like an agent of chaos. <laughs> like she is. <laughs> Like, (laughs) because it was already, like, pretty apparent because the whole, like, also, this is another thing that I got really mad, annoyed with her about. So, like, after the South Carolina, like, controlling, like, why is everybody just okay with Kenya now? And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. you weirdo. And then she had to do that dinner. And I was like, okay, you've got a weirdo obsession. The next thing that really turned me off was, like, Kenya didn't want to be your friend. And so now we're dragging her marriage at every opportunity. Every opportunity. Know her. That was yeah. so weird. And it was like, if there was a person I didn't know, but I wanted to insult them, I would comment on what I knew about them publicly. Like,
Like I wouldn't go for the instant misogynist. You can't keep a man. I would be like, she's that, yeah. she stank. She's miserable. Just like everybody says. I would not go. Her value is nothing because she can't keep a man around her. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. keep your man. He goes off for days. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. One thing on Bravo that I cannot fucking stand. Insult people however you want to. But when women go at other women because they're single, yeah, it's, it's such so bullshit. Stupid. It's like, when did divorce ever like make anybody a worse person? Hell, it also, kept Luann Dulles ha- up on TV for another season. Nobody's <laughs> happy in their marriage any fucking way. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that I figured out that I don't have to do this no more. <laughs> like, why? And it's just lame because, you know, Drew is like my age, which I didn't even realize. Yeah. She was such, yeah. she's like, because she dresses like a mama. An old lady. Yeah. She dresses like an auntie. Yes. Yes. Like, I'm pointing to myself. Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah. Like me. But, you know, like, Drew is not much older than me, you know? And mm-hmm. so, like, I feel like my generation, we've already got the memo. We don't blame women for dudes fuck shit. Yeah. And we don't, yeah. we don't judge a woman's value by how much her man likes her. And, like, I couldn't believe that I was watching a young person regurgitate such mm-hmm. old school bullshit. Yeah. So can yeah. I get an explanation of what exactly is Drew bothered about, about the Latoya and the Prophet thing? You don't have one. So what so what if they fuck and how does that even affect her family? Why does she keep saying if it affects my family? No, I think she's just looking for an angle. What she intended to do was slut shame Latoya. And when yeah. she figured out that no one gave a fuck about that, she needed mm-hmm. it to matter for some reason. Yeah. And she tried the christening story at the pop-up and it didn't work. I don't know yeah. why she insisted upon it. And I don't know why if I got such a chilly response at one event that I would push it harder at the next one right it was so weird it's like why can't you read the room but i get the sense that drew can't read the room generally speaking yes i agree she also did bullshit in new orleans it's like Mm -hmm. so you saw that you saw drew has a problem Mm -hmm. drew confides in you that she is struggling with alcohol and what do you do oh sorry latoya yeah sorry latoya confides in you that you are you tried to push her to drink and you try to blow up her it's insane and latoya didn't confide in drew latoya confided in drew's so Drew and her assistant are messy because that assistant is the one who recorded that conversation. It's like, this yes. is too, it's too shifty. It's so whack. And it yeah. speaks to, I think, the inauthenticity that I am worried that everybody's bringing. It's like, okay, you know that to go on Real Housewives of Atlanta, to be popular, necessarily start with have beef with Kenya and bring good reads or drags or whatever because the audience likes that i don't think we met drew at fucking all i don't think we met that real person at all it is actually insulting as an audience member to see drew come on it's like are are you do you think we are idiots to be sit here and watch you over and over again talk nonsense yeah insulting our intelligence at this point well this is why i think people got turned off by jen shaw jen shaw came in swinging and everybody like two episodes three episodes in was like you're an insane person you're an insane and you're not person. relatable no you're not <laughs> relatable and also like I should be watching you I shouldn't feel like I'm being a participant and I think you know Jen Shaw in particular came so aggressive she was aggressing me through the screen and it should never feel that way <laughs> yes yeah she yeah. was aggressing us all right oh I wanted to bring up something because this was the finale of Atlanta there was a preview I think it was maybe the mid-season preview or something and they showed I know there was a hot mic 
moment with Eva at Cynthia's wedding. Mm-hmm. But there was another one with like Candy and Kenya or something. And Candy says something about, oh, well, if she wants to keep her marriage, then she better. It was all, it sounded like it was alluding to maybe something with Tanya. Tanya and Bolo. That's what mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And it never came up on the show again. Because Tanya yeah. threatened. This is, okay, listen. Oh. Listen. Oh. Okay. This is where my Kenya standing is going to kick in. Okay, audience? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> So Candy has a show, an after show called Speak On It, and Mm -hmm. Kenya went on. And Kenya clarified several things. And one of the things was Bolo. And she talks about how she was only minorly interested in who fucked Bolo at first. But then she heard that Portia was threatening legal action and all of that. And so she's like, oh, you're going to claim that I'm lying and you want to sue me? Now I'm going to tell everybody you fucked him. And I have audio recording because you... I know you, Portia. So that's like Kenya's angle. Yeah. And so like, I personally think, I don't think anybody else is giving Portia this credit. I think this is Portia's goodness. I think Portia is not saying who fucked Bolo because Portia is trying to help Tanya. I don't think Portia mm-hmm. cares mm-hmm. that anybody knows she fucked Bolo. I would have fucked Bolo. If Bolo went to fuck me with that dick, I would say yes. Like, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> who among us wouldn't? Like, he's fine and he can move his hips and it's a big dick. I will just take it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, no, I don't think anybody would have judged Portia for smashing Bolo. I think Tanya also smashed Bolo and she yeah. was amongst Portia's screaming about cease and desist and then apparently after she ran away from the show she's been sending bravo letters like don't include footage oh. that's why there's no mention of her even after yeah. mm-hmm. we just pretend like she never existed yeah because she's been threatening yeah. lawsuits and stuff wow what do you think about latoya would you say latoya is and let me know if i'm pronouncing this right is she an agbaya <laughs> <laughs> uh no because she's immature but she's not I didn't expect a maturity from her it's not you know she's younger than everybody on the cast yeah you didn't you didn't expect better yeah. than her. I didn't expect yeah Agbaya is for when you expect better <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she did this thing that I realized when she comes into this party at Cynthia's house the way that Latoya walks in she reminds me of like a chaotic toddler <laughs> like her she's got this like kind of bouncy walk yes she's, she's just about to raise hell she is a, that is Exactly correct. She is a three-year-old walking in to raise <laughs> innocuous or what they think is innocuous hell. It's not yes. innocuous for us who experience it. She leaves destruction behind her. When yes. she leaves, she has that all the furniture broke. She's <laughs> like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. No, I was sitting there being like, I understand you wanting to beat Drew's ass, but we're not jumping on Cynthia's furniture now. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, no. That was also another moment where I realized that I would be an auntie if I was on this show, not a niece. Oh, 100%. Here's yeah. the biggest issue I have with Drew. She's unfunny. She's unfunny. She, that whole gift. She thought it was going to hit. And it was going to be funny. It wasn't. So I'm going to say something. I, I'm going to say something mean. Okay. Go ahead. Even if Drew didn't do all these annoying things, I think I just wouldn't like her very much because she's a fucking dork. She's a fucking dweeb. Like, it's, <laughs> she's so whack. 
Like she's fucking whack, you know? Yes. And that sounds mean because that sounds like a popular girl thing to say about somebody. But like, <laughs> she's fucking whack. Like no one wants to hang. Like you, I don't, you, 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 you'd be like, no, you whack. <laughs> she's corny. No, she's corny. She's a corny person. And I don't want to be around a corny person. Like yes. That. I don't want yeah. to be around the people in Atlanta me. and all the ladies in Atlanta are like too big of personalities to really right. have to be around this like corny ass person. Mm-hmm. There was a scene when like after South Carolina when they came back Drew goes to Portia's house and she's trying to be cool mm-hmm. about like oh yeah I told my husband everything that he put me on the copy table and this Girl, and, that. You did not tell and your the whole that. scene mm-hmm. as she's telling Portia the story she's also getting phone calls from her husband and she's not picking up because her husband doesn't know where controlling he is. ass keeps ringing yeah as the scene goes on she gets sweatier and sweatier and she looks like she's in full, oh I didn't even like, notice it too yeah she's got a baseball cap on she's got a blonde wig almost seems like she's in disguise because she's so uncomfortable about like it almost feels like Drew this isn't who you are mm-hmm. what you're doing right now this isn't who you are and you're you're trying so hard to be this person that you're literally breaking out into a sweat and it's right. it's very unnatural and it's like you said like the viewers are too smart we've been watching reality TV for too long to believe any of the shit that Drew is serving exactly there, there are people who on like Reddit are questioning if Tampa storyline is even real at all Oh my god. Yeah. Don't even consider that. Yeah, it might have been something fake that she tried out and yeah, it didn't quite and it work didn't, out. And that's it why it made him look so bad. Yeah. Now then she flipped it and now, she, now she's like the so lovey dovey. They're yes. the perfect family. Yeah. But I feel like these two are controlling, codependent, and toxic, and they deserve oh, each yeah. other. I don't feel sorry for Drew for having Ralph as a husband. No, I think no, no, he, no. she completely deserves him. The fact that Ralph didn't have the sense to be like, maybe I shouldn't be here when the father was meeting with the son. The fact that he yeah. didn't have the sense to say, look, they need to bond intimately. Let me take a step back. Like, yeah, you're both trash. You're you're trash peas in a pod. Yeah. yeah. To answer your initial question, I don't know if I like Latoya yet, but I want to see more. Mm. Apparently she said she has quit the show. <laughs> okay, Latoya. Okay, Latoya. Okay. Uh, you ain't quitting shit. The person <laughs> I don't want quitting the show is Marlo. And I was so upset that she didn't show, but she sent her gift with her nephew. Yes. Oh, I thought it was sweet. I, did anyone else think that Cynthia was like surprisingly cold to the nephew? Yeah, she slammed the door. She didn't even offer them a plate. Yeah, that's like, what I. Okay, I thought I was like overthinking. No, that. it was like, like <laughs> if the producer hadn't put in the word that this is Marlo's nephew. Yeah. I would have been like, like, he's just here with the assistant. Yeah, because I was just like, wow, that is a very not loving interaction with somebody that, you know, and and even if if she didn't know that he was Marlo's, he was still 13, you know, dropping off a gift. Like, be nicer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they had food. My thing was like, give him a plate. Yeah. Give him a plate. Let him eat, like, even in their porch. But But this is the same Cynthia who wanted to take pork from South Carolina to Mike. So she's very (laughs) stingy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She also only gave Bolo like seven dollars <laughs> when she was. She counted it out. 
I would, but that would be so so much the thing I would do. I would be like, I need, I need all these singles to last the entire night. Yes. <laughs> so let me get. That's true. So would you would you then recast anybody from this current Atlanta cast? You know I would cast my boo. I know you um, would. I knew you would. Um, <laughs> although I can admit freely that Kenya had a rough season. She did. Mm-hmm. But I also just think she's sad. You know, she's been yeah. sad. Mark has been miserable for her. I think. And, you know, she's not been very joyful. However, on social media, Kenya is very likable. And I encourage everyone to go and watch her. Like her baby (laughs) is the cutest fucking baby on the planet. Kenya is a very involved, like sweet mom. She's like very happy Mm -hmm. to have a daughter. And I think, you know, that's why she kept Mark around because of the baby, you know, like she really Mm -hmm. wants to have like the perfect family Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I hope when she divorces him, we get old Kenya back. And now Kenya has a daughter so she you know she's making a mini queen i i want to see her in good spirits on the show again yeah like i think part of what was so hard about this season in general is just like nobody was in good spirits on the show Mm -hmm. and and we need that yeah and i think kenya having had the kid will be less desperate when she goes dating i want to see kenya dating now Mm -hmm. because in the past when she was dating it was always with the thought of oh i have to have a kid kid yes lowered so i think she was sabotaging a lot of her relationships because of that so i think that's a good call so now i want to see her date just to date somebody that gives her joy yes and you know accepts her as an equal yeah do you remember that moment where she's talking about let me check my dms and i started my brain started racking i was like who would be in kenya's dms and i started fantasizing (laughs) about like which athletes or like which you know businessmen or actors would be in kenya moore's dms i was just like (laughs) who they were you know that seems really fun like who would dare like go after like the biggest villain on bravo and like but she's stunning and like has been well known in the black movie community Mm -hmm. for a long time like i want to see what caliber man goes after that yeah and now that she has like you said now that she has her baby she could be more discerning as well yeah a lot of people hate kenya but a lot of people also love ashley darby and i always bring up the point that if ashley darby didn't have a michael darby in her life in her 20s and she was single into her 30s and 40s she would be Kenya Kenya. (laughs) it's the same thing it's the same like sort of sad it's the same trauma that you have of growing up and knowing that your one parent wants nothing nothing to do the rejection yeah yeah it's the Mm -hmm. rejection and then the lashing out after oh my god that's why Ashley is so baby forward okay clear yes Yes. she's she's ensuring she has a financial future and she's making sure that she's going to be a mom who loves on her baby okay i see how her trauma manifested great (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly let's talk about dallas Mm. so dallas this episode dandra works on making amends with her stepmother with the help of her wacky shaman the ladies (laughs) visit south fork ranch the set of the tv series dallas for an 80s theme murder mystery night it was a really fucking lame episode you guys it was it was and i was like what am i watching what is happening i'm trying to remember the last episode this season i watched I think it was the episode where Tiffany went to Carrie's house. 
months after they returned from Austin. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. A it lot so happened since then. But... What are you thinking about this season? Because obviously you're a little bit tuned out. Yeah, I'm, I'm tuned I guess out. It's a sleeper. It's. I don't know why it's boring because I don't know what the solution would be. And that's like frustrating to me because I don't think firing anybody is the solution. Mm. I think they just need someone different. It's just that there's too much groupthink in that group. It's like, yes. it's like, okay, we've accepted that everyone likes Brandy and therefore we ride for Brandy, even if yep. Brandy's wrong. And they do it yep. on every issue. And it's like, I need a diverse of opinion at least even if all of mm-hmm. y'all are gonna be rich white ladies in Texas like Deandra's been my favorite since season two because I like mm-hmm. that she's honest you know like and yeah. Deandra's honesty is such bullshit because she's like still dealing with insecurities and like her sense of self and what she wants us to think about her and what we actually think about her but yeah. it's like she can't help but be herself even when she's trying not to be that is more charming to me than somebody like Cam who's like decided that she has this certain life and that she expects people to behave a certain way and when they don't she's gonna harp on it forever and then when it's time to call out your friend you won't do it because you're somebody who pays attention to alliances and stuff it's just not fun and it's like Stephanie knows her friend is wrong but won't say it and like yeah it's not fun yeah I think that's what I realized this episode my issue was too was you know suddenly now everybody is totally fine with Tiffany and and I'm glad that they're fine with Tiffany. But it's Tiffany group seems thing. Like she's having, yeah. yeah, Tiffany seems like she's having a great time. But even when they all get together, the way they all squeal, oh my God, you look great. I love you. This is great. But I'm like, I feel like I'm watching pretty white girls from high school and I yeah. don't want to watch that. No, like, exactly. That's not interesting to me at all because none of you have your own opinions on anything. It feels like sorority mm-hmm. rush. It does. Like, especially the, they did this like Oklahoma trip, which was so gross. And it was nothing <sighs> fancy about it. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to see you guys roughing it. Like, mm-hmm. this is not why I tune in. Yeah. It's one thing to see, like, Ramona Singer shit herself in a fancy. That's resort. hilarious. Right? Yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> but, like, I don't want to see you guys pranking each other about dumb shit in, mm-hmm. like, a nasty-ass cabin in Oklahoma. Right, like, right. this is not, this isn't fun for me. And I think what's been upsetting me the last few episodes, and I realize this, is that Tiffany and Deandra are great housewives. I don't know if they're. They're miscast on this show. Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be on this show. No, DeAndre is better off on Orange County and Tiffany belongs in New York. Yes. And I was saying that Tiffany belongs in America to Medicine, Dallas. Oh, okay. I see. And that would that would work. And DeAndre could have her, you know, DeAndre could have her own show if she could do something around D. And D and DeAndre, the D and DeAndre relationship is always fun. And in this episode, D really was gaslighting DeAndre and DeAndre listens to her mother. And then puts the phone down and she's like, that's my mother gaslighting me. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. she's self-aware. I yeah. don't like D. No. I don't no. get why everyone does. I think the only reason people like watching her is because she seems like a caricature of a person. Oh, okay. I think everybody admits yeah. that she's a monster. kind of like Ramona. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like Ramona. Yes, but Ramona is starting to wear thin on me. It's not funny no more. I know. Yeah. It's, it's I know rough it's, to be Ramona like in 2021. The Corona stuff really got to me, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand. But D also reminds a lot of folks of their grandmothers and their mothers that behave. She like reminds that. me of like 
Tammy Faye Baker, right? Like my brain yes. kind of goes, oh, Southern Christian woman on TV. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a comfort there. I can see that. So yeah. that's what people like about her. But and, and, and Deandra is the total opposite of that. So it's so funny to watch that friction go on. And the fact that Deandra has to hang on to it and take that abuse yeah, because that's where the money okay. is. It's like that's this is what I love so much about reality TV versus scripted television. Because if Deandra and D were characters on a scripted show, that storyline would play out so different. But because mm-hmm. they are real people and you can't you can't motivate them to act differently if they don't want to, D is just mm-hmm. gonna take it. But we're on season four or five of this show. If we were five, watching yeah. a scripted drama by season five, D would have broken up with her mom, started her own business, been successful, whatever. But because yeah. they're real people on reality TV, D is still taking a Deandra is still taking abuse. You mean yeah, Deandra? Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes. If we were watching a scripted show, Deandra would have went off and started off her own right. business and had a triumphant yeah, "fuck you, mom" moment. Yeah. You know? yeah. But because real life don't happen like that, she's got to sit there and yeah. beg her mama for money. It's just hilarious <laughs> to me that her mom is fucked up, but like she's also right about her daughter. <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's the part we love. It, there was this moment in a party for Tiffany that they threw the Moroccan theme party. Mm-hmm. And they, that's when Deandra gets super drunk and is like dry humping a python. And then her mom <laughs> straight up just like shames her. And then Deandra is like, fuck you. Like my mom's a fucking bitch. And Tiffany's face that episode is so funny because Tiffany is like all of us immigrant children that are like, you do not say that to your mother mother that way. (laughs) First of all, you're fucking a snake in front of your mom. Secondly, yes, your mom is going to call you out because you're acting like an idiot. Right? But you're supposed to just shut up and take, take it. it. And it's supposed to be so it's funny. Also, like, do you know what really breaks my brain and I can't conceive of it? And I keep trying. I'm really good at empathizing with other people, but what I can't understand being so wealthy that my kid defies my orders and disrespects me and I still pay for their lifestyle. I don't get yeah. it. I don't <laughs> because I think I think that's because D enjoys having that control, control on Deandra. That she gets off on it. So I this know. is her way of this is a, she's retired. She's got the money. She's gonna play games. This is like playing puppets. Deandra is her doll, and she's playing of with course. Deandra's life. She's playing dress up. She's giving her stuff. She's taking away stuff. She leaves her lying around with her underwear on <laughs> and the hair raggedy. And then one day she picks her up. And then she puts a dress on her. So that's, that's what it is. But it's like D is not the only person. Like, also, I'm I grew up poor. We all, you know, yeah. I can't yeah. conceive, yeah. I can't conceive of having endless money that yes. that it's not a it's not a weapon right because when you're broke your parents can be like oh you don't want to do dishes you're not getting allowance this week they never had allowance this week they were looking for a reason not to give it you know yeah, yeah. but like if you always have the money and your kids talk back how do you weaponize money what do we do you put it in a trust fund and then you dangle it, got it got you dangle it, it in her face <laughs> It's so crazy. I know. It's almost like D doesn't know. You know, there's like a way that you you become a parent where you're like, oh, I want to be the type of parent, like the the kind of parent Kyle Richards is, where like her kids are so extremely dependent on her. And so she kind of thrives off of that weird codependency. Yeah, I don't prescribe to it. 
But that's the yeah. way some people do parenting. It's like Dee knows that she's not capable of showing any love or affection. So she's never going to get that kind of attention mm. from Deandra. But instead, what she can oh, do is she, she makes can dangle money in, money in her money. face. There we go. Yeah. 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 Why don't you just ask her for a hug? I know it's been 50 years. Just ask her for one. <laughs> can you come hug mama one time? That's all she got to say. You haven't watched the rest of the episodes, but in one of the episodes, Dee hugs Tiffany. And not Deandra? Not Deandra. Tiffany comes to Dee and talks about how her relationship with her mom is fucked up and Dee hugs Tiffany. It's, it's just hilarious. so it's hilarious. Although, it's I will so say, funny. in my personal life, I have seen that where somebody's father is cold to yes. the yep. father but mm-hmm. has like an, a really weirdly intense mentorship with somebody else. Yeah, It's like, yeah. oh, you're disappointed that your kid is not like you so you transfer all this attention onto someone outside Correct. your house that you see yourself in. You know my dad, Ray? <laughs> I was talking about my own daddy. I was talking about my own daddy. <laughs> I was like in my personal life trying to disguise it. My fucking father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My own dad was like that. My dad is everybody's favorite uncle and we were yeah. like terrified of it. My father was that nigga at the mosque. I was like, what? yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, every- Ahaji Sani, Ahaji Sani is mad cool. Ahaji Sani. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. He won't let me go outside. What you mean he's cool? <laughs> Everybody would always be like, oh my God, you have the coolest parents. And I was like, no, I don't. But you know what I realized, though? Maybe yeah. this is what happened with you. What I realized is that even though my parents are really strict, you know, because they're Nigerian Muslims, they was yeah. the most free parents at our mosque. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. people would be, yeah. so there would be things that I would just be like, oh, yeah, I told my father, blah, blah, blah. <gasps> you told your father that? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. yeah, you can't talk to your father? <laughs> yeah. No, that's no. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Like, I smoked hookah in front of my dad, and everybody was like, wow, your parents are really cool yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. it's all relative yeah or it would be shit like oh my god your father let you wear a pair <laughs> I'm just saying, that's an exaggeration but it would be like oh your father let you be outside after dark shit like that mm-hmm. be, yeah. 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 yeah yeah exactly all right so would you take anybody from dallas current dallas season put them on the cast not on the cast no, no. uh but I think that we should figure out a way to make Deandra, Tiffany, and Stephanie useful. I think you yeah. need a Stephanie. You need a Stephanie yeah. the way you need a Whitney on Salt Lake City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need a Robin on Potomac. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that what I'm really worried about is that this season ended up being such a sleeper. And I think the reason why is because they're not having honest conversations no, they're not. around each other. And so the show is just kind of really lame. And it makes me sad because people are going to say, Oh, well, it's because they had to bring on Tiffany and talk about race and talk about Brandy's racist stuff. And that's why. They didn't have to. And Tiffany handled it within the first two minutes. Yeah, so, like, absolutely. So I, so the fact that Brandy's anxiety about Tiffany's Asian-ness, I don't know. We are all using really nice words to call for racism. She got yeah. racist around the Asian girl who showed up. And it altered the group dynamic. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But I think that there's so many dum-dums out in the world. I know I'm going to get irritated when I see the internet be like, oh, it's because, you know, they try to make it something else and they should have kept Dallas what it was. Oh, I It just makes me hate people. You've got to stop reading white opinions on the internet. I, you know... (laughs) 
<laughs> truly. Um, it's so crazy because I like to think that I watch everything. I have, just because of where I grew up and the schools I went to and stuff, I just feel like I have a very, very like ethnically diverse experience of life. And so mm-hmm. I feel like even though I lead with Blackness, I can sort of relate to a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I still am a Black person. So I approach all of my real life engagements and even TV engagements blackly and then can relate to other things. And so when I see people not responding blackly to things, I am always horrified. I'm just like, what? This is such a white opinion about this. And I'm like, not even going to do this. This year, the thing that made me go, oh, I watched this TV like a black person is when everybody was cool with Gia being... (laughs) Like for everybody, I'm like, no, you're not going to tell motherfuckers my daughter set does coke. I don't give a fuck what I did to you. So, you know, it's interesting. Are you crazy? I've heard, so from people of color, I've heard two opinions on it. This is great mm-hmm. segue into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Dallas sucked. We're going to talk about Jersey now. Okay. So <laughs> the thing about Gia, I heard two very distinct opinions and it was from people of color. One was, this is a really big deal. You yes, don't accuse, you don't accuse of people of being coke. coked out. That's a big yeah. fucking deal. <laughs> That's a big deal because we don't do that. No, we don't do that. And also because of the immediate association of cocaine with crack so yeah it's, it's a deeper insult i feel like when you call somebody when you say somebody's coked out and you talk to a black person everybody thinks crackhead immediately mm-hmm. that's why it's like a deep insult for me anyway you're not gonna imply my daughter's a fucking crackhead on national tv because i said <laughs> your nigga gets his dick suck he do yeah. <laughs> my god <laughs> I'm not saying that Jackie's wrong. You know what I'm saying? She's rightly mad, but come on, you know? Yeah. Like, that was too much for me. And personally. then the other the other side of it was some people were saying, like, and this again, this is people of color. They were like, because it's so outrageous, because we would never do something like that. If somebody says something like this, we understand immediately that, that it's an analogy. Re- it's an analogy, right? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't know that they're being outlandish. There's too many people wanting to believe I'm doing coke on TV. Like, yeah. if I'm Gia, there are too many people who want this rumor to be true for Jackie to even play like that. And she knows, because the fact that she's so pressed, that she knows that even Teresa insinuating it is going to make people believe it. Yeah. She's trying to show Teresa the weight, but inflicting the same wound. And for me, that's mm-hmm. not... I don't think tit for tat means go at your kid, personally. Mm. Yeah, that's true. that's true. Also, Jackie's lame, guys. I realize no, Jackie's, so Jackie's so- She sucks. (laughs) Do you know what was so infuriating? My thing is always stand in it. Say it with your chest. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't get to be the bitch who goes, I win. You lose. After (laughs) I call your daughter a cokehead, but I'm sobbing at the vacation house. Mm -hmm. When I've already moved on to an argument with my brother over Mm -hmm. dildos. And you're still sobbing about me in the next fucking room you lame bitch you whack bitch yeah she if she won the argument and then she was hyperventilating for three episodes after that and everybody had to worry about her feelings and all of that on like are you a bad guy or not? I yeah, win, yeah. you lose is reserved for people who are ready to go to battle on shit yeah. like that. 
yes yeah. the the person who does that who can do that and do that well is marge she threw danielle's husband in the pool and mm-hmm. she said your husband's in the pool oh, yeah and never apologize exactly. she walked through it she walked away didn't worry about being fired yes, none exactly. of that she made merch and she sold it exactly. that's what she did exactly. that's how you stand Why your ground you, first of all it looked so awkward when she was delivering it anyway that even if she had stood on it it would be not selling she just carries yeah. whackness in her spirit and i mean like <laughs> jackie unfortunately because getting bullied is not your fault but like jackie moves like somebody who had been bullied she's like mm-hmm. always on the defensive always trying to prove a point about something mm-hmm. but also desperately needs to be liked you know and I sympathize with it and I like can empathize I've never been like bullied or anything but like I can understand you know feeling insecure about yourself all the time but it's just like when you are trying to present like you're over it and you're not over Mm -hmm. it it don't look right yeah I think Teresa reminds her of her bullies to be honest I think that's yeah and I I think she's also like you said she's kind of like a dork that needs to explain with data points Uh and say that your effect was this level so I have to do something to the same exact level so you sort of understand and she nerds out so much about how to make that come back that she actually loses. It's not fun, it's not organic. She's thought through it too much and she has overanalyzed that situation too much and that's why it doesn't work. that would be okay if she were boxing with people who boxed in that arena, right? But like Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna logic Teresa into losing. (laughs) Yes. We've watched like 15 years of people trying. Yeah. Teresa doesn't have the logic receptor. No. She cannot receive no. it. And, and, <laughs> and also just, it seemed like a stupid tactic to me. If you're this like person going for the win, it's a stupid tactic to give Teresa the room to claim victim because you talked about her kid. That's yeah, exactly. the easiest thing for her to be self-righteous about. I realize what really drives me crazy about Jackie is something that I want to talk a little bit about the new, the upcoming season of New York with you too. But like, it kind of drives me a little bit crazy right now about Heather Holla Thompson, who I love. I love her. But, you know, Jackie comes in to the seat, the show kind of acting above it. Right. She's above mm. it. She's not. You can like, do it well, though. You can do it like Carol Radswell first two seasons. Yes, you can. But she acts like she's above it. She's smarter than everyone. She's smarter than Teresa. She's going to take her down. She's the only one that can actually step up to her. But then also has an absolute fucking meltdown. She's is like shoving her tongue exactly. down her husband's throat every second that she gets because yeah. she's trying to prove a point that she's in a great marriage. Mm-hmm. Like it's so extra that it's actually coming off psychotic. To yeah. It's mm-hmm. like she looks like she's unhinged you're very bothered and my thing is yeah it's okay if you're bothered because Teresa is bothersome the problem is if you're gonna play unbothered you gotta be unbothered you can't uh, like I said before you can't do I win you lose and then be crying the next episode stop playing Teresa killer you know that just reminds me of like yeah like in the NBA every person would like step up and be like I'm Kobe killer I'm the Kobe killer because they defended him (laughs) well one time in a game and then 
Kobe would destroy them in the next game. And, yeah. there, and that's it. That's the end of your career. And I feel like yeah. Jackie showed up trying to be the Kobe killer. And Kobe mm-hmm. is scoring on you wildly. And we're going to forget you very soon. Yeah, yeah. And so wildly. And then takes your pictures afterwards on a boat. Like, gets on a <laughs> boat and then asks you, ask your husband to put his tongue down your mouth so she can take pictures of it. And then you just comply. Yes, Teresa is winning and Teresa's even too dumb to realize that she's winning on accident. So here's the thing. Jackie can say all the smart things that she thinks she's saying, but what Teresa, Teresa goes by feeling what she feels. Teresa doesn't understand words. She understands (laughs) what she feels, right? So if Jackie is putting her down, that's what Teresa is responding to. It doesn't matter what Jackie says and how she says it. It's what Teresa feels. And Jackie needs to understand that that's how Teresa works. Yes. So she's going to respond to whatever she's feeling. If she's feeling threatened, if she's feeling put down, she's going to respond to that, whether Jackie meant it or not. And that kind of coincides with like, whether or not she's going to be able to empathize with Jackie. Jackie never had a shot with Teresa understanding that analogy because Teresa don't like Jackie. If Dolores made that analogy, Mm -hmm. Teresa would have understood the analogy. Exactly. She functions on vibes, which is annoying and terroristic. Given yes. Teresa's history, yes. but like it's not it, Jackie. Jackie's picking a battle she can't. I can't conceive of a way. There mm-hmm. have been like ten housewives who've tried to do what Jackie's trying to do. Yeah, nobody yeah. can leave her alone. Leave that crazy yeah. lady alone. Yeah, and you know Teresa's actually quite harmless for the uh, most part. I don't know. You, you don't get to go around telling niggas that my man's cheating at his birthday party. No, no, no. Right, of course, there's not in that way. I mean, like in terms of a cat right in terms of a friend group if you look at that friend group Teresa's like half there most of the time Mm -hmm. like she's not paying a lot of attention Marge is the one you've got to impress to be honest yeah exactly Marge is Marge and Dolores I feel like are the ones that you really want to like be cool with and Jennifer and Jennifer but I don't think Jennifer is the one that gets to decide who stays in the group Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like Marge and Dolores are the ones that are really making decisions about who really gets to hang out I think that if Dolores don't fuck with you at all you're in trouble Yes. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. get on her bad yeah. side. Because she's pretty agreeable otherwise. She is. So what do you think about the cast in general? I love this Jersey cast. I swear to God. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. even if one. Jackie annoys me, I'm glad she's there to annoy me. You know, like Jackie is good for at least reminding me that I don't have to live the I don't have to turn into a Jersey person to watch Jersey, right? Like I can, like, I don't have to accept the premise that this is their lifestyle. I can still have a viewer's lens, like a normal Mm -hmm. person as a point of reference. And then I can be like, oh yeah, everyone on this cast is nuts. (laughs) I don't have to. (laughs) Like, you know how like if you watch something enough, you'll like, oh, that's just what they do. And it's like, no, 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 no. Jackie's good for reminding me that this is not what normal people do. Well, I do a lot of the things that the Real Housewives of New Jersey do. I dine at the same restaurants as <laughs> oh, them okay, because okay. they do live very close to me. But I don't, you know, I don't insinuate that my friends' husbands, husbands are getting their yeah, dick sucked at, at the, the gym. gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't mind Melissa Gorga. I think she should just accept her role as the Robin instead of trying to make storylines work. Mm-hmm. She's the yeah. Robin. She's the Candy. She's the Stephanie. It's okay, Melissa, to be that. Yeah. yeah. I think she should actually, instead of forcing storylines, she should step back and just be like Candy. Just be the glue that holds everybody yes, together. Yes, because Melissa is the glue, ultimately. Yeah. Because yeah. she's the reason that those two factions can... Mm-hmm. Although Jackie's kind of by herself in her own faction, but like she and Dolores seem to be the only people who could be with everybody. So it's like, okay, just right. play the Cynthia, play the, you know? Yeah. And you'll be fine. And people yes. will actually end up liking you a lot. Yes. I'm put off by the fake storylines, you know? Because it's like, yes, I feel exactly. like oh, you're trying to lie to me. And I, I know it's TV, but I don't like feeling like I'm being lied to. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be deceived that way. Yes. We believe that Melissa Gorga is there as like a Teresa translator because Teresa oh, is yeah. so intense and yeah. crazy that oftentimes Melissa's interview scenes are mostly about what's going on with Teresa. In Teresa's a head. A lot of times yeah. she's explaining what's going on with the Gorgas because she's like a Gorga whisperer. Like, yes, yeah. because she's trained her own. Yeah, yeah. she's trained her own Gorga. So, so she's like, <laughs> she's trained. So she's yeah. still, yeah. you know. How to train your Gorga and Melissa gets it. So like, yeah. she, I feel like that's why she's there. I thought, you know, one of the most important moments for Melissa just in general like as a human in her life was when she was just like she kind of just finally accepted that Teresa's Teresa she kind of not that you should just accept your abusers Mm -hmm. not saying that we should carry that pattern forward but I think Melissa was just like, if I want to be with my husband and I want to mm-hmm. be on this show, yeah, I've got to accept that this person is broken and only let them have access to hurt me in this way, yeah. in these limited ways. I think Melissa's grown. Yes, she's outgrown even Teresa, even her husband yeah. to some degree. Although I always thought she was a little more mature than her husband. But it's just like when she finally let go of making Teresa be right and just accepting mm-hmm. that Teresa is wrong, she just felt lighter to me. She was more likable once she did yeah. that it wasn't so like right. clawing and stuff so that's why like I don't want to see her faking storylines it's just like Melissa just be you're pretty you're fun be well this episode she forced the storyline being like Drew she started <laughs> took Antonia shopping and started talking to her about the birds and the bees no and I don't need that no thank if you she has had, if she no, had had you. sex and uh, <laughs> on national television yeah so she starts to do this and immediately you can see Antonia's face almost glimpse quickly at the cameras and then look yeah. back at her mother and go what the fuck are you doing like doing yeah. give her this look like you are not doing this right now and you can keep trying and you can keep yelling words but I'm gonna leave the room and we're not doing this right now and it was like Melissa honey you don't you don't need to do this no you're fine as no. you right. are you and your husband go on dates just talk about each other let your husband say weird misogynist sexual shit to you everybody thinks it's weird some people love it I hate it Mm-hmm. I think Joe Gorga is so gross. Gross. I don't get people's attraction to him. Okay, Arthi happens to think he's beautiful. No, what? I think he has beautiful. No, I don't think, I think he is Gorgas, beautiful. I think he has beautiful eyes. Yeah, the Gorga family has nice eyes. I think Teresa is beautiful <laughs> in the same way, but they're yeah. so off-putting as people that I don't they're see it anymore. Yeah, horrible people. Yeah, I think Teresa's got amazing eyes. What do you think about Jennifer? I love Jennifer. I mm-hmm. think Jennifer is the perfect housewife. She 
she is. epitomizes everything Real Housewives is supposed to be about. Just a little bit crazy, just a little bit selfish. Uh, yeah. Selfish, self-indulgent, over the top, but at home, soaking up a lifestyle that her husband's great job pays for. Yeah. Bringing family drama, yes. active with the kids. Like she epitomizes, I think, the perfect housewife. And then when she gets in a group setting, she's not afraid to be the bad guy, but she's not trying to be the bad guy. And I love that. It's like Jennifer's the last authentic housewife to me. I feel like everything Jennifer says, she thinks it. I think yes. if mm-hmm. Jennifer said something, she said it because she thinks it. I don't think she's trying to get a storyline out. I don't think she's trying to indirectly make Melissa look bad to win favor of Teresa. I don't think there's no snake shit. I think yeah. I think she did do that in the first season that she came. She tried to do the my brother's wedding and this and that. She was trying to grasp at storylines, but I think now she's settled into yeah. the perfect housewife groove. And I think she knows that people like her because she's herself. And yeah, she's lucky enough that people mm-hmm. like her and the husband. That is very rare. So right. sit back and don't abuse it. Let us just enjoy you yeah. how we enjoy you. And I think yeah. she's learning to do that. And I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this season is definitely because I I did not like Jennifer at first. I felt very defensive about it because she's like, she's not, they're not Muslim, but they're Turkish and it's kind of Yeah. Close. You didn't want to, but that's how I felt about Sierra on Summer House. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you, get it, you get it so it's like I felt really defensive about it but then now as I watch them and just Bill is like an amazing husband yeah they're so good on camera together they seem in love I know that the they joke do. is that Bill feels gay and I don't know but whatever he is he loves his wife he does yeah. and he they loves love his their kids. family they love their yeah. kids you know because Atlanta gives such good reunion and that you know Potomac sometimes gives such good jabs during the season mm-hmm. that you know we got tricked into thinking that we need conflict all the time and mm-hmm. and I think even with Teresa I mean like 10 seasons of Jersey was the same conflict it was so exhausting <laughs> it, was just like, yeah. it was like tertiary and you know third versions or whatever of like the same fight it got so dark and exhausting mm. Mm-hmm. And you know, and when I'm, it sucks that she went to jail. Although she did commit those crimes, but like it wasn't <laughs> until after Teresa kind of came back from jail and she was just like not in the mood for fuck shit that yeah. the show started to feel a little better. And I think mm-hmm. that lately things have started to feel so heavy with the weight of conflict or people looking for a good moment or a good giftable yeah. second or something. And so it's so nice when Jennifer just is silly gets yeah. drunk as fuck on tequila like her yeah. husband and his friends carrying her out to the porch like that's what i tune into housewives for there's something yeah. about jennifer and bill that reminds me of me and my husband because i am the mouthy unfiltered loud mm-hmm. one and he is a really sweet kind of gentle guy who i think when people see us together they're like we don't understand how that happened but like <laughs> he loves it and i yeah. think like bill loves, loves that about yes. jennifer that she is like this there's only one time we've seen her two or three seasons now there's only one time where i've seen him try to make her small and it was because she was doing too much you Mm -hmm. know yeah he doesn't try to make her small and i love that because a lot of men do Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that like especially because this season we're seeing the dynamic of like an arranged turkish marriage of like her mother and that whole situation she talks a lot jennifer about how much she loves bill and how bill is a great husband and i think that 
people people will get irritated with that because they don't like her but the thing is it's a luxury in her world exactly in in our culture it is a luxury for us to have that kind of relationship where we can get shit faced and fall on our faces at like a pool party and our husbands will come and stick us in the car and laugh about it and that is very rare and Jennifer is holding on to it Mm -hmm. and I think it's lovely so for like somebody like Marge who I love Marge but Marge comes in hard at Jennifer when it comes to Jennifer's culture when it comes to her marriage when it comes to anything that like the Turkish part of things and it really grinds my gear I think Marge is projecting a lot I think you know like Marge I think Marge is one of these like second wave feminists or whatever yes you know like freedom and sex positivity was hard earned for her that kind of thing. I mean, we're uh-huh. even we're yeah. even still learning about how she was coerced into sex by her boss, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Jennifer's freedom without paying dues offends her because Jennifer yes, supports absolutely. misogynist ideals. So it's like it's like, yes. oh, so you're gonna say that I have to be a good wife while you're doing all this shit that I had mm-hmm. to suffer to get to do? I think that's yeah. what she feels. I completely agree with you because I can tell just from interacting with Noor, right? So I am I'm an auntie and I'm older and I had certain things that I had to work towards. I think they came a little bit easily. Not easily in the sense that you didn't have to fight for it, but it was much more open and available and accessible to you than it was for me. So sometimes I will hold back and I will I will be a little bit judgy or I will I have a different reaction to certain things. Yeah. Because for me, it's like you have to work to get that respect and you don't just get it. Right. And so I think she's so annoyed. Like Jen is such the millennial to Marge. Mm-hmm. Not millennial. I don't know yeah. if she's old yeah. enough to be a boomer. She's probably Gen X. But like, yeah. But like, yeah. so she's like, I think Jennifer's freedom without having to do the work quote unquote mm-hmm. really yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah but Marge is reacting to it in a very wrong way no she's rea- she's reacting it very poorly and it comes off to me low-key racist I don't know yes yes oh, thank you I agree that's yes. the thing I like love Marge but I'm like you have got to stop like even if it's not a racist fixation it comes off like one you know it's, it is and it's a little bit I believe it's a little bit microaggressive because she has it's not a little bit comments. it's a lot it's totally it's, it is. If you're saying that my culture sucks, it's like, nigga, I didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's because she's been doing it since Jennifer came on the show since her first season. It was like her brother and his uh, mail order bride and all this stuff. And it was like, you don't understand any of this stuff. You don't get to talk about it. Yeah, truly. Like my parents weren't in arranged marriage. So I don't have the same kind of shit in my background. But I do know how fucking conservative Nigerian shit is. And my parents Mm -hmm. are Muslim. So it's even more conservative. And like there are things like I remember I would give my mom books on feminism shit and she would just like look at me kind of like "Mm, what the fuck and (laughs) and then it like occurred to me just this year like my mom and I have gotten so close because we talk on the phone all the time because of the pandemic or whatever and I was just like oh my god how disrespectful of me like I'm this obnoxious 20 year old who gets to live <laughs> off of the privilege of freedoms that I have because my mom ate shit as a kid, ate shit in her marriage and came over to this country where she ate shit some more. And like for me to walk up to her and tell her, leave your husband, you did it wrong. 
how dare me? How dare I, you know? But I just, I like, I understand why if you are raised in a misogynist culture and you find your little rebellions and you celebrate them and just make things easier for your kids going forward, that you wouldn't reject what is essentially your identity and your home. Me asking my mom to leave my father was me asking my mom to leave the only connection to Nigeria and America she has. How dare I? You know, and obviously Marge and Jen are not a one-to-one situation, but it's just like, I wouldn't like for Marge to expect on her American feminist ideals that Jen would reject her family and the rituals and ceremonies that they do off of her intellectual engagement with feminism. Fuck you. But also there's culture and then there's the concept of feminism and being progressive and all of that. But Marge has no fucking idea about culture. Culture. She she has no idea about what that culture is and what certain traditions and values mean to these people yeah exactly so there's unless you have immersed yourself in that culture you have no business telling another culture that the way they lead their lives is Is wrong wrong. exactly it's audacious from a point of view of saying that you are wrong because i am right the way i I live my life is right and i'm white and I'm telling and you. I'm American. And yep. this is how you are supposed to live your life. And this yeah. is what God means to you. This is what food means to you. This is what tradition means to you. And I'm going to tell you and judge you. You should for throw it. it all away. And there wasn't even a conversation like in a conversation that would suggest investment, right? It's like, oh, yeah. there wasn't ever a conversation like, what does feminism look like in Turkey? Are there young people who do it differently? She never asked yeah. those questions. Yeah. She never exactly. said, Jennifer, if you're your marriage was arranged what would you have done you know what I mean like she never engages in a way that feels like improving it feels like judgment yeah there's no curiosity because she didn't care because she's already made up her mind about it it's all preconceived it's already baked into her persona that she is different she's other you know I think and I'm gonna judge her for that yeah I think there's something that's happened recently then I realized like especially for like the last few weeks there's that thing with that guy from the bachelor like who i don't care i never watched bachelor but did have an opinion about it because carol had to get all inside (laughs) involved and it was i don't know what she was doing there what are you there was a point that i think she was trying to get at, but she lost it being homophobic and (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was insane so but like there is something that came out in that within that discussion because here was everybody celebrating this like white man who is coming out and all of this stuff but we're also sweeping over the fact that he's engaged in extremely toxic and misogynist violent over the no years. no it wasn't mm. just toxic and misogynist it was violent as well yeah violent behavior he was stalking shorty tracking devices and everything that's a violation i mean violent <laughs> yeah. not violent yeah. like beater but like violent yeah. like violation yeah. like aggression yeah. yeah and so like it was kind of brushing over all of this stuff and i, I think one of the things that kind of came out i was on clubhouse talking about about it and I'm not proud of myself for being yeah, I'm gonna judge you. You have no idea yeah. how much I'm judging you. Now. I already judge her. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like there is something to say about like America right now and especially like white feminists are and the new you know the new wave white feminists are looking at embracing gay white men as almost like accessories that allow them to feel more liberal mm-hmm. and therefore be able to be like I am liberal because look I'm a feminist because I do these things because I'm sex positive mm-hmm. and I'm also I'm, I'm surrounded by these like saying? Sex- Leah what? from Real Housewives of New York? Yes that's mm-hmm. right that's right Leah from Real Housewives of New York I'm sex positive and I'm surrounded by all these like fabulous gay men and Andy Cohen loves me and all this stuff but when they're doing that they also are not actually working on the parts of themselves that are pretty prejudiced oh, against people like I would Jennifer not disagree with you at or all. people like of people course. who would look at mine or Arthi's like our marriages and yeah. look at it on a lens of like oh well you did that like that's crazy but I remember when Jennifer first came on the scene and they talked about how she didn't have sex with her husband until they got married there were so many people online being like this is insane how yeah. could this be possible and this right. is crazy yeah, I would I- aggressively not do it but I know how it happens yeah yeah it happens <laughs> it happens all the time it happens and it's like- actually quite a bit probably for yeah. most parts of the world there's like right a lot yeah. of people doing it yeah and it was like this completely foreign notion in their mind and they had to look down on it and I think that's the thing that drives me crazy is that there's people who feel like they've done the things they've checked off the boxes that allow them to feel liberated or liberal enough mm. but then still not actually work on all the issues they have of how they view cultures that are not like them that are very much part of America. Yeah, I think what what did they call John Kerry when he was running for president in like 2004? Was it like um, limousine liberal or something? Probably. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like March feels the whole cast of New Jersey though feels limousine liberal to me, which oh, is yeah. that like you're mm-hmm. like oh I vote Democrat so that you are socially acceptable. Although Teresa, no, mm-hmm. I'm I'm clear on Teresa, but I just feel like you know March kind of represents that yes. person for me where it's like okay I'm pro-abortion I'm correctly pro-gay marriage I'm correct like all the things that made it okay to vote for Obama and then I don't have to do anything else you know yeah exactly okay so that's it for the first part of our mega chat with Ray Sani look anytime we have a guest on the podcast we don't know how to stop talking to them all right we'll blame our parents because brown parents love to be hospitable and they don't like to let their guests leave so we talked to Ray for a really long time. We had to break up the episode into two parts. We will be back with part two of our discussion with Ray, where we talk about the upcoming season of Rehazos of New York. We talk about Summer House, and we go on a whole bunch of personal life tangents, but we promise that we do tie that into Bravo at some point. We also talk about Ray's work on the Emmy-nominated A Black Lady Sketch Show, which you should run to your nearest friend who can share their HBO Max login to watch the second season because it dropped tonight on Friday when I'm recording this, but you'll listen on Saturday. You know what I'm saying. It's available now. So anyway, go watch that. It's great. You can find Ray on Twitter at Raysani and on Instagram at Rafizzle87. Don't make fun of her because she came up with that in high school. You can find us obviously at The Reality Is Pod and you should go and listen to the cast with Jackie's Neal and Raysani everywhere podcasts are available. It's so fun. If you love reality TV, you're going to love that podcast. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.